The ACBE Forum, Volume 57, December 2018, Number 6. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Tim Corbett and Thomasine Berg in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention, Treasurer, ACB 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the combined federal campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection, 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605-475-8154 and choose option 3. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 712-775-4808. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at ACBNATIONAL or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2018 American Council of the Blind, Eric Bridges, Executive Director, Sharon Lovering, Editor, 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents Exciting Convention Registration News for ACB Members by Janet Dickelman Audio Description Makes Cirque du Soleil Performance Accessible by Linda Goodspeed Traditions Shared by Our Readers An ACB Tradition Recognizing Dedicated Supporters by Tom Tobin Celebrating the Season's Riches by Larry P. Johnson St. Nick by Annie Cipetta Hot Toys for Holiday Gift-Giving by Sharon Lovering Recipes from Forum Readers Affiliate News 
Improving Communication in Affiliates and Chapters, compiled by Artis Bazin. Skydive Solo Safely While Blind, by Darian Slayton Fleming. Crystal Bridges Museum offers multi-sensory tours, by Kim Crowell. Letter to the Editor. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. High-Tech Swap Shop. A BOP Tradition, Seeking Your Feedback, by Ron Brooks. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb dot o-r-g. Give her the information, and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce List Serve. Send a blank email to a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e dash s-u-b-s-c-r-i-b-e at a-c-b-l-i-s-t-s dot O-R-G, or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. Blind Show hosts offer a plethora of musical genres at www.acbradio.org slash I-N-T-E-R-A-C-T-I-V-E. Got a request? Tune in to ACB Radio Interactive and ask the DJ on duty to play it for you at www.acbradio.org Exciting Convention Registration News for ACB Members by Janet Dickelman In the November Forum, I mentioned our final Friday evening tour would be a Red Wings baseball game. After our site visit to Niagara Falls, we have determined that we will not return from Niagara Falls in time for those on the tour to attend the baseball game. We feel there would be very few people who would want to attend the game only on Friday, July 12th, so we have decided not to offer it as a tour option. We know how anxious you all are to register for the conference and convention, especially the outstanding tours and many of the affiliate and committee sessions. This year, we are offering an exclusive opportunity to register early for ACB members only, from May 22nd through 26th, pre-registration will be open only to ACB members. We feel this is a great way to thank each of you for your membership in ACB. It will enable members to have first choice to register for tours and other events. If you'd like to become an ACB member, you can do so at www.acb.org slash u-s-e-r slash R-E-G-I-S-T-E-R. The cost to become a member at large is $10. If you don't have computer access, contact the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. 
Convention dates are July 5th through 12th, 2019. The opening general session will be Saturday evening, July 6th. Daily general sessions will be held Sunday through Wednesday mornings and all day on Thursday. The exhibit hall is open Saturday through Wednesday. We will have all-day tours on Friday the 5th and Friday the 12th, with many other tours throughout the convention. Special interest affiliates, ACB committees, and our business partners will hold sessions beginning Saturday, July 6th. Staying in touch. The convention announce list will be loaded with information again this year. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. If you received updates for the 2018 convention, you do not need to resubscribe. Hotel Details Room rates at the Hyatt and the Riverside are $89 per night, single or double occupancy, with an additional $10 per person for up to four people. This room rate does not include tax, which is currently 14%. For telephone reservations, call the Riverside at 585-546-6400 or the Hyatt at 1-800-233-233. One two three four. Make sure to mention you are with the American Council of the Blind 2019 convention. Rooms must be booked by June 7, 2019 to guarantee the convention rate. To make reservations online, visit www.acb.org and follow the 2019 convention link for online reservations. Convention Contacts 2019 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman, 601-331-7740 A-M-D-U-O at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot N-E-T 2019 Advertising and Sponsorships Margarine Beeman, 512-921 one six two five O L E O five zero at H O T M A I L dot C O M. For any other convention related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, six five one four two eight five zero five nine or via email J A N E T dot d-i-c-k-e-l-m-a-n at g-m-a-i-l dot c-o-m. Wishing each of you a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy 2019. Audio description makes Cirque du Soleil performance accessible by Linda Goodspeed. You know the landscape has shifted when two people stand up after a live show and the sighted one asks the blind one, What was that all about? And the blind attendee proceeds to explain what just took place on stage. That's what happened at a Cirque du Soleil performance of Michael Jackson 1 that my daughter and I attended at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. I was the first blind person Cirque had described the MJ1 performance for, and as a result, 
could talk knowledgeably about what we just saw. Thanks to the American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Project, Audio Description, AD, has become more common for movies, television, museums, and live theater. But when I called the Cirque box office at the Mandalay Bay to ask if an AD narrator would be available for our Cirque show, the answer was, what is audio description? I am blind, I explained. A narrator describes visual elements of a performance, set, costumes, body language and movement, facial expressions, etc., to help me understand what is happening. Never heard of it. But amazingly, I got a phone call on our travels to come to the theater a half hour early and a narrator would be waiting for me. Cirque du Soleil shows are incredibly visual, with dozens of people on stage at any one time. They are more thematic than plot-driven, with dancing, acrobatics, projection screens, many different props, set and costume changes, and loud music, but no dialogue. Hands down, the Michael Jackson Cirque Show was the single hardest show I've ever done and probably will ever do, said Chanel Carson, an ACB-trained audio describer. Carson, who has been doing live theater AD at the Smith Center for the Performing Arts in Vegas for the last three years, previewed the Michael Jackson show twice before going live for me. The fact that you could tell your daughter who was fully sighted what you saw is honestly the biggest compliment I could ever receive, Carson continued. That's huge. Tracy Blackwell, production administrator for Cirque, agreed. I can see a Cirque show five times and still see something new each time. The fact that Chanel could describe it to you and give you a sense of the show was just amazing. Both Blackwell and Carson hope AD will become a more common offering at Cirque shows and other live performances. I honestly think shows don't know about it, Carson said. It could open doors to so many other people. It's something we would like to explore doing more often, and even opening up to the general public, Blackwell said. It's a whole group of people we didn't know we could impact. Traditions Shared by Our Readers December is a month steeped in traditions. Holidays, family, friends, special foods, decorations, gift-giving, and spreading good cheer. With the December e-forum, we are focusing on traditions that create meaning and bring joy to your lives. And you, dear readers, have shared some of yours. Many thanks. We hope you enjoy reading about others' traditions. Braille Prayer Books I attended Camp Marcella, New Jersey's Camp for the Blind, in the 1950s and 1960s. There was a set Sunday morning routine. The Catholic campers all were driven to the Catholic Church. The rest of us attended a non-denominational service in camp. I still remember Adrian Ash, may she rest in peace, leading us at the piano in May the Words of My Mouth and the Meditations of My Heart. One day, I saw the prayer book of a Catholic camper. I do not remember the content at all. What caught my attention was that the braille was interpoint. However, the prayer book was arranged in such a way that you read the first side of each page straight through. Then you turned over the book and read side two, which, like side one, appeared on the right-hand page, all the way through. 
This meant that you didn't need to shift yourself or the prayer book around every time you went from a left to a right-hand page. This physical, space-saving feature is significant in crowded houses of worship. Also, in houses of worship where there is no table to rest the book on when you rise, I find it much easier to support the book with my left hand and read from it one-handed with my right hand. It would be interesting to know if any religious Braille establishment produces prayer books in this manner. Michael Levy, Woodmere, New York Decorating Traditions I grew up in sunny Southern California and spent the first 27 years of my life there. While most of the U.S. was blanketed in snow, Southern California was basking in temps in the 70s and occasionally the 80s. Yet the holiday spirit was alive and well in our household. The holidays officially started the day after Thanksgiving in my house. Dad would drag the Christmas lights out of the attic, and we would spend much of the morning seeing what lights needed replacing. The next few weeks, we'd shop for that perfect tree and decorate it with homemade ornaments as well as store-bought ones to round out the tree. We always went for a real tree versus an artificial one. The tree would stay up through the first week of the new year. In the kitchen, many of our baking traditions included baking homemade apple cakes, chocolate chip cookies, snowball cookies, and Mexican shortbread cookies, complete with cinnamon sugar and nutmeg. On Christmas Eve, the baking was in high gear. We made tamales and menudo and shared all the baked goods with family members who dropped by to deliver gifts of their own. The holiday season was a festive time. We took stock of our lives and did whatever we could to assist those less fortunate than us. As we were in close proximity to Pasadena, I was able to assist for many years in decorating many of the floats for the Rose Parade. It was a field trip that many friends and I participated in with the local Braille Institutes. We certainly felt pride in our small contributions to the parade. Richard Rueda, Sacramento, California Food-Related Traditions My family has a Mexican holiday tradition of making tamales a few days before Christmas. Tamales are a food composed of spiced pork covered with masa, which is a dough made from corn, and then wrapped in corn husk. The tamales are then steamed. We follow my mother's recipe. First, we cook pork roast. After it cools, we shred the meat. Then we cook the shredded pork in a mixture of chilies and other spices. The masa is purchased from a store or tortilla factory, and the husks are purchased from a store. We gather at a table to prepare the tamales. One or two of us spread the masa on the husk, leaving an inch or two at each end without masa. Then, another family member places the pork on the masa as a filling. Another person rolls the husk with the masa and meat into a lump about the size of a medium-sized potato. Then someone else ties the ends of the tamale, which is then placed into a large pot to be steamed. This group effort is similar to the making of dumplings by the family depicted in the movie Crazy Rich Asians. On Christmas Eve, we gather as a family and eat the tamales. My mother, who is 95 years old, supervises the tamale making. My brothers and sister participate, as do our children and grandchildren. We have an opportunity to catch up with family happenings and to socialize. 
We have been making tamales all my life, 72 years, and my parents made them with their parents and siblings when they were younger. Charles Nabaretti, West Covina, California. Gift-Related Traditions Our Christmas tradition began with a Danish exchange student. You wrap presents, anything from Kleenex to hangers to gift cards, often in weighted boxes with bright-colored paper to make them look desirable. The game has two rounds. In round one, all presents are on the table. You take turns using one die. When a player rolls a one or a six, he, she, gets to claim a present. When all presents have been claimed, the round is complete. In round two, a timer is set for perhaps 15 minutes. In this round, when anyone rolls a one or six, he, she, can take a present from another player. When time is up, each player keeps whatever he, she has left. Jeff and Leslie Tom, Sacramento, California. The Wilson family enjoys a game where the producer places a $20 bill in saran wrap and then begins to wrap it in layers of saran wrap. As the ball starts to increase in size, other items are included, such as lotto tickets, small items of any sort, candy, jewelry, etc. The ball can be as large as a basketball when finished. The participants stand around a small table, and one of the group is chosen to start unwrapping the ball. The first person begins to tear at the saran wrap looking for goodies and continues until the next player rolls the dice and gets doubles. At that point, the next player grabs the ball and starts unwrapping until doubles are rolled by another player. The same process continues until the $20 bill is the prize by the lucky player. The game easily takes more than 30 minutes to complete. As the game progresses, the enthusiasm of the players increases. Clifford Wilson, Madisonville, Tennessee My grandparents were from Norway and Sweden, so they had Scandinavian traditions and opened all of their presents on Christmas Eve. My other grandparents were 11th generation Americans from England, Scotland, France, and Holland, and they opened all their presents on Christmas Day, usually after having Christmas breakfast. It was hard for the kids to wait, but it was worth it to have all the excitement on Christmas Day. My husband's family is of English, German, and Polish ancestry. They always opened one gift on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas Day. Holly Kaczmarski, Dayton, Washington. Logs for the Needy A friend of mine and I worked for a forest products company in Northern California. We were both members of a local rotary club. Each fall, our company would donate logs to be cut, split, and delivered by our fellow Rotarians to needy families. My friend and I would also make special trips on Christmas Eve to families with kids. With our Santa hats on, we would deliver firewood and homemade cookies. Talk about excitement! This would put the Christmas spirit into perspective and make our own Christmases seem just that much more special. Tom Lialos, Powell, Wyoming Santa Claus is coming. Christmas Eves in our family were spent with my mother's three siblings and their families, my grandfather Poppy and my great-aunt Joe. We 17 children were sent down to the basement with sandwiches and Christmas cookies to eat, play, and excitedly await the arrival of Santa Claus. 
When he finally arrived, we anxiously waited for our name to be called so we could sit on his lap and receive our gift. The last party was held in 1974. Poppy died the following summer, and we children were young adults leaving home for careers and marriages. But when we think of Christmas, we still remember those fun Christmas Eve family parties. Gene Mann, Albany, New York. New Year's Eve. We always made a Canadian dish called Roppy Pie every New Year's Eve. It was a family affair. We all had our jobs to make the process go more smoothly. My mother boiled three whole chickens, keeping the broth. My sister picked the meat off the bones and then started helping me peel the 50 pounds of potatoes needed to have enough for the finished dish. We enlisted the help of everyone to hand-grate all the peeled potatoes. Then, my brothers got a workout by squeezing the spuds through cheesecloth to remove the starch. My mother and sister mixed the potatoes with chicken broth and salt to achieve a thick, oatmeal-like consistency. In the meantime, roasting pans were generously buttered and put into a hot oven so that when the first scoop of potatoes was poured into the bottom, you heard that sizzle. This meant a nice buttery crust when the pies finished baking. A layer of chicken followed the layer of potatoes, and then another layer of potatoes. Butter was placed on top, and the pans returned to the oven to bake for a couple of hours until the tops were golden brown and bubbly. The best part of all was sitting around and eating. Over the years, as we added family members, we added more helpers, and the icing on the pie was the camaraderie and love shared by family and friends. Gene Donovan, Haverhill, Mass. An ACB Tradition. Recognizing Dedicated Supporters. Traditions are often private, personal aspects we hold dear in our lives. They remind us of our heritage, what we contribute during our time on this planet, and, perhaps, more important, the legacy we leave to future generations. Just as we pass on our personal customs or beliefs from generation to generation, ACB preserves its own rich history of traditions. At this special time of year, ACB wishes to recognize the dedicated support of individuals who contribute their time, talent, and treasures in order to honor our past, achieve our goals, and fulfill our mission. Tom Tobin, Director of Development. Celebrating the Season's Riches by Larry P. Johnson. Reprinted from the San Antonio Express News, December 23, 2017. Editor's Note. Larry P. Johnson is an author and motivational speaker. You may contact him at larjo1 at prodigy dot net or visit his website www.mexicobytouch.com. End of note. When I was 10, I received a beautiful fire engine red three-wheeler for Christmas. I was so excited. It was just what I had wanted. As I lovingly admired it, my mom said, Merry Christmas, Larry. When Diana, my wife, and I had our children, we tried our best to fulfill their hopes and dreams at Christmas, giving them the things they had asked Santa to bring. As they opened their presents, we smilingly said, Merry Christmas. At the grocery store, the neighborhood pharmacy, 
my favorite Mexican restaurant, people wish me a Merry Christmas, and I wish them one in return. What really are we saying? To our children we are saying, I love you. To our neighbors, to the sales clerk, to the waitress we are saying, I wish you much happiness. It's true that Christmas has become very commercialized, with ads popping up everywhere in mailboxes, billboards, TV, the radio and newspapers, trying to cajole us into buying just one more product or service. The Christmas atmosphere, with its fairyland of colorful lights, smell of pine needles, smiles of excited children, maybe even an unexpected snowfall, is one of joy and happiness. It's hard to resist the urge to buy online or in the store. If you have a large family, as I do, you can spend many hours wandering the malls or the Internet looking for just the right gift for Uncle Bob or Grandma Grace. One of my favorite Christmas stories is O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. If you recall, it tells about a young wife who sells her beautiful hair to buy a platinum watch chain for her husband's gold pocket watch, while the husband secretly sells his gold pocket watch to get money for a set of combs for his wife's gorgeous hair. They are left with gifts that neither can use, but they realize how far they are willing to go to show their love for each other and how priceless their love really is. Now, there is much discussion about whether it is politically correct to wish someone a Merry Christmas. But Christmas is, I believe, about more than a religious celebration, about more than giving presents. It's an opportunity to express love to our children, our parents and grandparents, to all family members, to friends, and even to strangers. To paraphrase author Rev. Ed Townley, the experience of Christmas, or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule, Winter Solstice, or any other name we choose for this special season, is not limited to which gifts are exchanged, which families gather, or how trees are trimmed. It is a time when our spirituality expresses the richness of our human experiences and the creative purposes that underlie them. The Christmas spirit embodies generosity, kindness, goodwill. As the Midwestern poet James Dillett Freeman wrote, Christmas is a wonder. Christmas is believing. Christmas is hoping. Christmas is dreaming. It is a holiday holy to humanity's dreams and hopes. So you see, it's not about the words so much as it is about showing up in the world as our glorious spiritual selves and sharing love, peace, faith, hope, and joy with each other. Merry Christmas to you! St. Nick From icy heights of navy blue a sled lands low and silent. Agile boots descend the flue towing gifts for slumbering tenants. Kris Kringle, Santa Claus, St. Nick, mystic are his ways, depositing treasures across the isthmus of twilight. Though born from the pairing of tradition and of commercial convention, he embodies the ultimate symbol of love omniscient. For surely, white-bearded, jolly men are common. Yet, when winter comes, each assumes a likeness, a boisterous laugh and twinkle, a ready smile. How could anyone call this jolly iconoclast into question? Magic boots and reindeer alight on this most holy night in winter. An eternal myth, perhaps, yet one cannot deny donning the Santa hat 
brings forth the timeless wonder of Christmas. Annie Chipetta Hot Toys for Holiday Gift-Giving by Sharon Lovering If you have children or grandchildren in your life, you're probably searching for last-minute holiday gift ideas as they're making their lists and checking them twice. To help you out, I scoured the toy lists on Amazon and at Good Housekeeping. Toy availability is not guaranteed. Blocks and Bricks One toy that stood the test of time is Lego. Their classic medium creative brick box offers 484 pieces that can also be used to build other sets, best for ages 4 and up. Lego also has the Harry Potter Hogwarts Great Hall building kit available. Its 878 pieces include a potions room, treasure room, sorting hat, and the Mirror of Irised, recommended for ages 9 and up. Would you like to build a robot? Check out Lego's Boost Creative Toolbox. It includes more than 840 bricks, a move hub, and an interactive motor, best for ages 7 and up. Cars and Trucks One of my favorite childhood toys was a purple two-door Hot Wheels car. Hot Wheels cars are still around with far more accessories than were available in the 70s. Now there's a Hot Wheels Corkscrew Crash track set with three motorized speed boosters, a drop-in ramp, and wild corkscrews, best for ages 5 and up. For Barbie fans, there's a new Barbie Care Clinic vehicle. It looks like a very tall ambulance with working lights and siren. Lift the lever at the back of the vehicle to transform the ambulance into a care clinic. Includes small parts. Recommended for ages 3 and up. Got a Paw Patrol fan in the house? Check out their Ultimate Rescue Fire Truck. It comes with a 2-foot-tall extendable ladder and launching water cannons. Requires two AAA batteries included. Best for ages 3 and up. Collectibles New to the Hatchimals line is the Hatchimals Mystery Egg. Past eggs would let you choose which species you want, but with this egg, you have no idea what you're getting. Best for ages 3 and up. Num Noms now has a snackable cereal collectible line. They come in sweet scents with a magic spoon revealer. Not edible. Recommended for ages 3 and up. Dinosaurs Fingerling's untamed raptors are not as nice as last year's monkey and sloth versions. Leave them in untamed mode and they will roar, hiss, and chomp. Recommended for ages 5 and up. The for real munchin' rex is a baby T-Rex that eats, begs, and hops. When kids wave at him or feed him, Rex responds with one of more than 35 different sound and motion combinations. Includes the pet, bottle, plastic broccoli, and caveman cookie, and instructions. Four AA batteries required. Best for ages four and up. Straight out of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is Imaginext's Jurassic World Jurassic Rex. This dinosaur's eyes and mouth light up. Best for ages three and up. Dolls Polly Pocket Dolls have seen a resurgence in popularity this year, recommended for ages 4 and up. Also high on the list are the LOL Surprise Dolls. New in the line is the Glam Glitter Series Doll. It comes in a ball-shaped box, recommended for ages 5 and up. 
Now available in the LOL Surprise line of dolls is the bigger surprise. This box is jam-packed with more than 60 brand new dolls, accessories, and more. Best for ages 5 and up. New in this line is the LOL Surprise House. The house is wooden, 3 feet tall by 3 feet wide, and comes with more than 85 surprises tucked inside. Recommended for ages 5 and up. Baby Alive has added Baby Alive Potty Dance Baby Doll to its lineup. The doll performs a little dance to let your child know she needs to use the potty. Once the doll is placed on her potty, she'll tinkle. Best for ages 3 and up. Educational Toys Osmo's Genius Kit comes with five games for your iPad that promote math, spelling, and other learning skills. It comes with the Osmo iPad Base, Stand and Reflector, game-playing pieces, including upper and lowercase words tiles, and stackable storage containers. Requires iPad to play. Osmo is compatible with iPad 2 through 6, iPad Mini 1 through 4, iPad Air 1 and 2, iPad Pro 9.7 and 10.5 inch. Recommended for ages 5 to 12. Science STEM Activity Sets Crayola's Color Chemistry Set for Kids is for ages 7 and up. It includes 50 experiments. Adult supervision recommended. Now in the STEM arena is the Ozobot Bit Coding Robot. It teaches your kids coding by coloring on a tablet. Depending on the colors and designs they use, the robot will follow the commands they've coded. Best for ages 6 and up. Cano has developed the Harry Potter Coding Kit. This kit teaches kids to code a wand that will respond to their movements. It works with most tablets and computers. Best for ages 6 and up. Little Bits Avengers Hero Inventor Kit comes with 18 projects and includes electronic building blocks, LED matrix, plastic pieces, stickers, and battery. Requires either iPhone, iOS 10.0 or later, or Android, 5.0 or later. Best for ages 8 and up. Cosmo is a friendly robot that lets kids interact, explore, and play games with the push of a few buttons. He can also help you learn coding. Requires compatible iOS or Android device and free Cosmo app. Best for ages 3 and up. Games The Chow Crown game, for ages 8 and up, is perfect for the kid who plays with his food at the dinner table. Players wear a spinning crown loaded with snacks and have to try to eat everything before time's up. If you thought Twister was hard, check out Don't Step In It. It has a mat, a blindfold, and piles of fake poop that you must avoid while playing the game. Best for ages 4 and up. New in the games arena is Watch Your Mouth Throwdown Edition card game. It has players wear cheek retractors that make saying words and phrases quite difficult. To win, their teammates have to guess what they're saying. Recommended for ages 8 and up. Many of us have played the claw machine game at the arcades at various beaches around the country. Moj Moj, the original claw machine playset, brings the arcade to your house. Best for ages 6 and up. Another carnival-inspired game is Pie Face Cannon. 
players have to aim and launch the whipped cream cannon at another player's face. Whipped cream not included. Recommended for ages 5 and up. Interactive Toys According to Amazon and Good Housekeeping, Pomzi's Speckles plush interactive toys are huge this holiday season. These toys clip onto an arm, backpack, or clothes. Recommended for ages 3 and up. Hot Diggity Dance and Play Mickey sings and dances to the hot dog song from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Once he finishes, you can play interactive games with him. Best for ages 3 and up. Teddy Ruxpin is back. The Teddy Ruxpin and Grubby Collection offers three styles of the bear with his best friend, Hug and Sing Grubby. Recommended for ages 2 and up. Plush Toys Grumblies aren't the sweet, cuddly, stuffed toys many of us remember from childhood. These critters are cranky and have meltdowns, best for ages 4 and up. Scruffaloves are more cuddly. Each one comes as a matted ball of fur with just its eyes showing. Once kids wash, dry, and style its hair, the new pet is revealed. Recommended for ages 4 and up. Melissa and Doug's Examine and Treat Pet Vet Playset is great for animal lovers and would-be veterinarians. It's a 24-piece pretend playset that includes a stuffed dog and cat, stethoscope, thermometer, syringe, ear scope, tweezers, clamp, cast, bandages, and several other items. Best for ages 3 and up. Recipes from Forum Readers So many of our holiday traditions involve food that, for the first time, we decided to include recipes in this issue of the E-Forum. Ginger Chewies, submitted by Nancy Becker. Two and one-quarter cups unbleached all-purpose flour. Two teaspoons baking soda. One-quarter teaspoon salt. One teaspoon ground cinnamon. One teaspoon ground ginger. One-half teaspoon cloves. Twelve tablespoons unsalted butter. One and one-half sticks. At room temperature. One cup packed light brown sugar. One large egg. One-quarter cup molasses. About one-quarter cup granulated sugar. Position a rack in the middle of the oven. Heat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Line two baking sheets with parchment paper. Sift the flour, baking soda, salt, cinnamon, ginger, and cloves into a medium bowl and set aside. In a large bowl, using an electric mixer on medium speed, beat the butter and brown sugar until smoothly blended, about one minute. Stop the mixture and scrape the sides of the bowl as needed during mixing. Add the egg and molasses. Mix until blended and an even light brown color, about one minute. On low speed, add the flour mixture, mixing just to incorporate it. Spread the granulated sugar on a large piece of wax paper or parchment paper. Roll one quarter cup of dough between the palms of your hands into a two-inch ball. Roll the ball in the sugar and place on one of the prepared baking sheets. Continue making cookies, spacing them two inches apart. Bake the cookies one sheet at a time until the tops feel firm, but they are still soft in the center, and there are several large cracks on top, about 14 minutes. 
Cool the cookies on the baking sheets for five minutes. Then use a wide metal spatula to transfer the cookies to a wire rack to cool completely. I like them chewy, so I only bake them for about six or seven minutes. Holiday Almond Cheese Log Submitted by Joe Lynn Bailey Page One three-ounce package cream cheese One half-pound sharp cheddar cheese grated One cup shelled almonds, very finely chopped or ground One whole pimento, minced One tablespoon fresh lemon juice One teaspoon salt One teaspoon Worcestershire sauce One teaspoon grated onion Dash cayenne pepper For garnish, paprika, finely chopped almonds Combine first four ingredients in stand mixer or large bowl Mix well Add remaining ingredients, beat until well blended Shape into two rolls about seven inches long Roll one in paprika, the other in chopped almonds Wrap in waxed paper and chill Serve with crackers Old-Fashioned Pecan Pie, submitted by Kelly Gask Ingredients One disc pie dough Three-quarters stick unsalted butter One and one-quarter cups packed light brown sugar Three-quarters cup light corn syrup Two teaspoon pure vanilla extract One-half teaspoon grated orange zest One-quarter teaspoon salt Three large eggs Two cups pecan halves, one-half pound Whipped cream or vanilla ice cream, for serving, optional Preheat oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit with a baking sheet on middle rack Roll out dough on a lightly floured surface with a lightly floured rolling pin into a 12-inch round and fit into a 9-inch pie plate Trim edge, leaving one-half inch overhang Fold overhang under and lightly press against rim of pie plate, then crimp decoratively. Lightly prick bottom all over with a fork. Chill until firm at least 30 minutes, or freeze 10 minutes. Meanwhile, melt butter in a small, heavy saucepan over medium heat. Add brown sugar, whisking until smooth. Remove from heat and whisk in corn syrup, vanilla, orange zest, and salt. Lightly beat eggs in a medium bowl, then whisk in corn syrup mixture. Put pecans in pie shell and pour corn syrup mixture evenly over them. Bake on hot baking sheet until filling is set, 50 minutes to 1 hour. Cool completely. Peppermint Meltaways, submitted by Sharon Lovering. The first time I made these cookies, I lived in a small one-bedroom apartment. I didn't realize this recipe had enough peppermint in it to clog the sensor in my smoke detector until it started chirping in the middle of the night. If you live in a place where your kitchen and smoke detector are on the same floor, open a window when you turn on the oven for preheating, after making the cookie dough and letting it chill. Ingredients Cookie 1 cup butter, softened 1 half cup powdered sugar 1 half teaspoon peppermint extract 1 and 1 quarter cups all-purpose flour 1 half cup cornstarch Glaze 
one and one-half cups powdered sugar, two tablespoons butter softened, one to two tablespoons milk, one quarter teaspoon peppermint extract, red or green food coloring if desired, candy canes or hard peppermint candy crushed. Combine one cup butter, one half cup powdered sugar, and one half teaspoon peppermint extract in large bowl. Beat at medium speed, scraping bowl often until creamy. Add flour and cornstarch. Beat at low speed until well mixed. Cover, refrigerate, 30 to 60 minutes or until firm. Heat oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Shape rounded teaspoonfuls of dough into one-inch balls. Place two inches apart onto ungreased cookie sheets. Bake 12 to 15 minutes or until edges are lightly browned. Cool 5 to 10 minutes on cookie sheets. Carefully remove to cooling rack. Cool completely. Combine one and one-half cups powdered sugar, two tablespoons butter, one-quarter teaspoon peppermint extract, two to three drops of food coloring, if desired, and enough milk for desired glazing consistency in small bowl. Drizzle over cooled cookies. Immediately sprinkle with crushed candy. Makes about four dozen cookies. Pork Tamales, submitted by Charles Nabaretti. Two cups arena, flour. You may substitute gluten-free flour if you need to. Manteca lard. Ask for lard from the butcher, not the lard they sell in block. Three large bags of corn husks. Fifteen pounds masa. You can find this at a Mexican grocery store or tortilla store. Fifteen pounds pork butt roast. Three garlic cloves. Two onion, sliced. Two tablespoons salt. Three bags New Mexico chili. Four bags California chili. String. Five cans of black olives. Salt. Pepper. One half teaspoon peppercorns. Place pork in a large pot with salt, onions, pepper, and garlic with enough water to cover until tender in a large pot. Boil and then reduce heat to simmer for four hours. Reserve some of the pork water and garlic for later. Shred the meat while it is still warm. Deseed and de-stem the chilies, then wash the chilies. Boil in water until tender, then reserve chili water. Pulverize in a blender with garlic and some chili water and peppercorns. Make a paste of three tablespoons manteca and flour and fry in a pot. Add chili mixture a little at a time. Add salt and pepper. Add reserved pork water. Once it boils, it is done. Add the shredded meat. Refrigerate pork mixture for one to two days. If you don't have a tamale pot, use a large pot and place a bunt cake pan upside down. You don't want the tamales to touch the water. Soak corn husks in hot water for two hours to make them more pliable. If masa is not soft enough, add reserved pork water. Spread masa in the middle of softened husk. Ends should be free of masa. Add a large spoonful of pork mixture, top with one olive.
Use more than one corn leaf if needed to completely cover pork mixture and add masa to all leaves. Tie ends with string. Place tamale standing up in the tamale pot. Pot should have one gallon of water on the bottom. On high heat, boil water, then reduce heat to medium and steam for two hours. Makes nine dozen tamales. Turtle Cheesecake Dip Submitted by Nancy Christine Fila Preparation 15 minutes Total 1 hour 15 minutes, including refrigerating Makes 26 servings, 2 tablespoons each Ingredients 30 craft caramels 2 and 1 quarter cups About 3 quarters of 8 ounce tub Thawed Cool Whip divided 2 ounces Baker's Semi-Sweet Chocolate Chopped. Two packages, eight ounces each, Philadelphia cream cheese, softened. One and one half cups chopped planters pecans. Microwave caramels and one half cup Cool Whip in medium microwavable bowl on high, one minute forty seconds, stirring after one minute. Stir until caramels are completely melted and sauce is well blended. Cool ten minutes. Meanwhile, microwave chocolate and three-quarters cup of the remaining Cool Whip in small microwavable bowl for one minute, stirring after 30 seconds. Stir until chocolate is completely melted and sauce is well blended. Beat cream cheese in separate medium bowl with mixer until creamy. Add two-thirds cup caramel sauce, beat until blended. Gently stir in remaining one cup Cool Whip. Spread cream cheese mixture onto serving plate. Drizzle with chocolate sauce and remaining caramel sauce. Sprinkle with nuts. Refrigerate one hour. Serve with pretzel twists. Affiliate News Start a new tradition. The Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, has some items available that would make great holiday gifts. There are holiday ornaments, mugs, and polo shirts, all with the CCLVI logo. To view any of these items, visit www.theteespot.com slash CCLVI anytime through January 31. Improving Communication in Affiliates and Chapters, compiled by Artis Bazin. On the last focus call, the topic was improving communication to retain members and outreach to newly blind people. Members appreciate communication. They like to know what is happening in the affiliate and chapters as well. On the call, participants explored communication methods, when to communicate, and why affiliates and chapters should communicate more. Most affiliates have email discussion lists. Many chapters give members reminder calls for meetings, and some send email reminders. Most agree follow-up calls to those who have missed a couple of meetings would be beneficial. We discussed what kind of communication affiliates have with members at large. Some proposed having quarterly calls with members at large. Letters or emails with general information about upcoming meetings and conferences would be helpful. Pennsylvania Council of the Blind started general town hall meetings every quarter. 
A toll-free number with a box to leave questions would give members an opportunity to give feedback. Board members should serve on committees so that members can get to know them better. When affiliates have calls, offer three-way calls for those without long distance. Most chapters discuss business first and then have a speaker. Some affiliates have president's calls monthly. Some hold them quarterly. Your affiliate can also have chapter president's calls. President's calls are calls for the local chapter and state affiliate presidents to meet and share updates and events. They are generally open to the president or his or her designee or designees. Other guests may attend, but they will be placed on mute. Some state or special interest affiliates also have occasional open house or office hours calls hosted by the state or special interest president for anyone to attend. On affiliate board calls, you could also allow anyone to listen and give public comments at a designated time. All board members should be accessible to all members. When someone asks questions, answer the person. If you need to look up the answer and get back to them, say so, and be sure to follow up afterward. One way to stay connected is to invite as many members as possible to serve on committees. Another way to involve people is to encourage chapters to have group projects. The California Council of the Blinds Membership Committee gives a Chapter of the Year Award at the annual convention. The winning chapter or affiliate must have been involved in a group effort that resulted in significant change for an individual or the local community. A nomination letter must outline the event or events and its affected change and submit it. For members who don't use computers, there is an email system called Fillmore Productions. Fillmore is a low-cost method with different lines. If you send out a weekly message, use it to share chapter activities. Does your affiliate have a newsletter? Be sure to include chapter info and board meeting highlights in it. Conference calls on a variety of topics would be a great way to communicate and inform members and other interested individuals. Participants in this call suggested the following topics. Hearing about Alexa. Learning about transportation applications. Discussing audiobooks. Tips on grilling. Discussing baseball or other sports. New technology, employment, diabetes tips. iPhone training using Zoom or Skype or guide dog issues. Special interest affiliates could have conference calls regularly between annual conventions, as well as open board meetings to allow more communication, except when items are more suited to an executive session. Special interest chapters in state affiliates help people get more involved in other issues of interest. If your state has no special interest chapters, you could encourage members of special interest affiliates to share information about them. The Membership Committee is looking ahead at various topics for future conference calls. If you have an idea you'd like to share, send it to abazyn at b-a-z-y-n-c-o-m-m-u-n-i-c-a-t-i-o-n-s dot com. Skydive Solo Safely While Blind by Darian Slayton Fleming who said the words skydiving and blind couldn't be uttered in the same sentence? 
The late John Fleming, blind skydiver and advocate for the rights of people who are blind, skydived solo safely more than 1,200 times after losing his sight. He is fast becoming a legend in the American Council of the Blind and in the skydiving communities. How did he earn this status? John jumped out of perfectly good airplanes just for fun. While in the Air Force, he made his first jump at Delta Sport Jumpers in Higginsville, Missouri, on a dare. The static line jump from 3,000 feet out of a Cessna 172 cost him a whopping $15, less than the cost of a regular ride to altitude at most drop zones today. One of the first things I learned about John was that you didn't dare him to do something unless you wanted him to do it. John often said his feet were barely on the ground after that first jump before he knew he was going to do that again. And he did, over 1,938 times. When he joined ACB, John turned his passion for skydiving into two fundraising efforts known as Blue Skies for Future Eyes for the ACB. The two events raised nearly $9,000 each. Recalling these events in the skydiving magazine The Parachutist, Mike Muscat, one of the skydivers who talked John down by radio, said, Blind John was grinning from ear to ear pretty much the entire day. He had a right to be happy. He made this whole thing happen. He dreamed it and was living the dream. You see, what John Fleming lacks in sight, he makes up for in vision. John was an active force in ACB. He served several terms as president of the Visually Impaired Veterans of America, VIVA, and served on ACB's Constitution and Bylaws and Credentials Committees. One year, while president of VIVA, John informed Chris Gray, ACB president, that there was no flag in the assembly hall. Since then, this oversight has not been repeated. John passed away in June 2016 after a second battle with lung cancer. I was privileged to be John's wife. We met in the Oregon delegation at an ACB national convention. We dared to become friends, and in 2006 we became husband and wife. I'm not saying which one of us was the most daring on that account. I do know that I dared him to announce our betrothal when he spoke before the 2005 ACB General Assembly in Las Vegas, the year and place where we became engaged. He took me up on that dare, saying that my answer was, Well, I won't marry you in freefall, but I will take the plunge with you. John spoke to groups about how life isn't over after sight loss. He said that you can do just about anything with some creative brainstorming, determination, and a little help from your friends. Now I am working with a production team, Flying Blind Productions, LLC, to make a full-length documentary about John's life. ACB has agreed to serve as the fiscal sponsor for our project, and we need your help to make this dream a reality. Do you want to see John's story on the big screen? Here are some ways you can get involved. Did you know John Fleming? Please contact me and we will arrange to interview you. Become a sponsor. Send an email to p-r-o-d-u-c-e-r-s at b-l-i-n-d-j-o-h-n-m-o-v-i-e dot com.
or call 503-522-3272 to learn about the many sponsorship benefits. Like us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash b-l-i-n-d-j-o-h-n-m-o-v-i-e slash Donate at acb.org. Choose Honorary Donation. Be sure to specify John Fleming Movie and include your contact information. We'll be in touch about your donation producer perks. Invite us to speak to your organizations to share John's inspiring story and show clips from the project. Dare to take a chance on our project. Help us bring John's story to the big screen for all to enjoy. Crystal Bridges Museum offers multi-sensory tours by Kim Kroll. Author's Note In keeping with Crystal Bridges' mission to welcome all, the museum's Access and Inclusive Programs team partnered with the Arkansas Council of the Blind for an on-site multi-sensory experience. This tour was a part of the Arkansas Council of the Blind's annual conference, and the hope is that it leads to more ongoing offerings for visitors with vision loss. End of note. The day started with multi-sensory tours of four works in the museum's modern art and contemporary galleries. The museum educators began by reading verbal descriptions that convey the size of an object in terms of the human body, i.e., this painting is the width of two adults' outstretched arms and hangs on the wall 2.5 feet over one's head. The location of objects within the artwork, color, and texture. Through these descriptions, participants are able to imagine what a work of art looks like. In addition to verbal descriptions, museum educators passed around touchable maps created by staff to represent the art on the tour. Multisensory materials such as scents and objects that represented items found in the works of art were passed around for participants on some of the tour stops. Sounds like ocean waves crashing against rocks were also incorporated for some of the landscape scenes to give a sense of what the scene depicted. Participants were able to touch select sculptures on the tour using nitrile gloves, Rita Reese Whiting, who is the secretary for the Ozarks chapter of the Arkansas Council of the Blind, said the experience of getting to touch Louise Bourgeois' Distant Figures sculpture was absolutely fantastic. To be able to feel the actual construction marks made by the artists was a glimpse into their creative process and feeling rough, unfinished parts in contrast to highly polished, finished parts gave an understanding of the time, effort, and passion that went into each piece. Participants were also invited to touch works of art created by museum staff and volunteer artists at the end of the program. These works of art included jewelry made from found objects, highly textured paintings, quilts, sculptures, felted objects, among many others. The artists were also present at this portion of the program to describe their works of art and their artistic processes to the participants as they felt the works of art. In response, Reese Whiting said, Having the artwork where we could touch it and to have the artist walk us through a description by touch as they verbally described the piece let the blind appreciate subtle nuances of the work sighted persons might overlook. 
Crystal Bridges offers free multi-sensory tours for visitors with vision loss throughout the year with advance notice based on availability. To schedule a tour, please contact the museum at tinyurl.com slash y7mhedxz. The museum also offers a number of on-site accommodations for guests with disabilities, which can be found at tinyurl.com slash y8l3tf69. In addition, free audio tours, which include audio label text for selected artworks from the museum's permanent collection, are available for download on Android or Apple devices. Devices preloaded with the audio tours to use during your visit to the museum are available for checkout from guest services at no cost. The museum is also developing a verbal description app tour where guests with all levels of sight can listen to the descriptions used on our multisensory tours from any location. Letter to the Editor The contents of this column reflect the letters we had received by the time we went to press, October 25, 2018. Letters are limited to 300 words or fewer. All submissions must include the author's name and location. Opinions expressed are those of the authors. Happy Spectrum Customer Good morning to my fellow U.S. Spectrum Cable subscribers. Spectrum Cable, formerly Time Warner Cable, now has a blind, friendly voice output cable converter box. I would say it's about 90 to 93 percent blind-friendly. The voice is a female voice that is loud and clear. I won't lie, there are still a few bugs on Spectrum's end and on the client's end, too. But Spectrum is learning, and they want to hear from blind and deaf Spectrum clients who own and use the new World Box 2 box and remote. The phone number is 1-844-762-1301. I have what they call the gold package, I took off six movie channels, and my bill is just slightly under $200 per month. I also have the monthly unlimited phone, broadband cable, and quicker internet. About the second quarter of 2019, Spectrum is coming to take our old remotes and replace them with a remote that has a push-to-talk, PTT, button. We will be able to have voice input for both the TV set and the box. It isn't 100% blind-friendly just yet, but I give Spectrum Cable a huge A for effort. Ron Kolsar, Gerard, Pennsylvania. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB eForum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date.
holiday cards from Hadley. Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired's annual holiday cards are available through December 15th. The card shows a quiet winter scene with a pair of ice skates hanging over a snow-topped wooden fence. Just beyond, a frozen lake reflects the brilliant winter sunset in hues of blue, purple, orange, and plum, above a tree line of pines in the distance. Snowflakes fall quietly from the sky. One skate has been embossed. The greeting reads, Wishing you peace, happiness, and the spirit of the season, in both print and braille. The artwork was done by Terry B. Webb of Georgia. Cards are available in packs of 25. To view the card or for more information, visit www.hadley.edu slash h-o-l-i-d-a-y underscore c-a-r-d dot a-s-p or call Hadley at 1-800-323-4238 and ask for the Holiday Card Desk. NBP Holiday Cards National Braille Press also has holiday cards available. This year's theme is Comfort and Joy. The front has the words Comfort and Joy in red print and braille below a cozy small cabin nestled among snow-covered trees under a starry sky. The cabin is decorated with festive holiday lights. Inside, the greeting reads, May the spirit of the season fill your heart and home in green print and braille. These cards are available in packs of ten. For more information, contact... National Braille Press at 1-800-548-7323 or visit www.nbp.org slash ic slash nbp slash publications slash index dot html. New Bosma Brand Bosma Enterprises recently added the Good Works commercial brand, which will expand the organization's health and safety products into the commercial retail market. The first product to launch is Good Works Ice Melter. It consists of a blend of sodium chloride, potassium chloride, calcium chloride, and magnesium chloride, making it possible to melt through ice in temperatures as low as minus 16 Fahrenheit. The blue granules begin melting ice on contact. The ice melt is packaged in a 10-pound shaker jug. For more information, call 1-800-362-5463. Five four six three, or send an email to o r d e r e x p r e s s at b o s m a dot org. ACB member releases memoir. Breaking Barriers, Working and Loving Blind is ACB member Peter Altschul's memoir, which was released recently. Altschul focuses on a 30-month period in his life, beginning with his fifth guide dog, a Labrador named Jules, and ending with his move from his urban bachelor lifestyle in Washington, D.C., to committed family man in Columbia, Missouri. 
Along the way, he describes his unique professional journey as customer service rep, trainer of New York City taxi drivers, mediator between pro-life and pro-choice activists, and workplace diversity specialist. All done with the assistance and companionship of five guide dogs. He also writes about his upbringing, his relationship with music, and the unexpected deaths of his stepmother and father. The book is available through iUniverse.com and Amazon.com. New from National Braille Press Looking for a fun 2019 calendar? The Peanuts Gang is back with its annual Happiness Is calendar. The Braille is included on clear plastic labels that go right over the print pages. It also includes a sheet of 120 full-color stickers to mark birthdays, appointments, and other important days. Another new children's book is Lemonade in Winter by Emily Jenkins and G. Brian Karras. It's a print and braille book for ages 5 to 9 and features two young entrepreneurs, Pauline and John John. One winter day, they decide to have a lemonade stand. They gather their money, go buy supplies, and make lemonade, limeade, and lemon limeade. Will they get any customers? Read and find out. For more information, contact National Braille Press at 1-800-548-7323 or visit www.nbp.org slash ic slash nbp slash p-u-b-l-i-c-a-t-i-o-n-s slash i-n-d-e-x. Sierra Regional Ski for Light Sierra Regional Ski for Light will hold its three-day cross-country ski snowshoe event March 9-11, to 11, 2019. Come one, come all, and enjoy a fun-filled weekend in the lovely Sierras at Tahoe Donner in California. No experience is necessary. For all details and applications, visit www.srsfl.org. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale Two walkers One has no wheels, helps you balance and get around. The other has two wheels on the front, is smoother and easier to get around with. Asking $100 for the one without wheels and $200 for the one with wheels. Contact Lisa Burkhart at 757-495-7179. For sale, Pebble Mini, never used. Comes with all cables, carrying case, and user's guide. Asking $250. Contact Ninetta Garner at 304-381-2729. For sale, Braille and Speak 2000, in original box with Braille, cassette, and print user's guides, multiple adapters and dongles, and two 3.5-inch floppy disks. Battery never replaced, works with power pack. Asking $50 plus $12 shipping via U.S. mail. Contact Eugene Fleming via email e-u-g-e-n-e dot f-l-e-m-i-n-g at j-u-n-o dot com or via phone 719-550-1804 
after 3 p.m. Mountain Time. Wanted, reasonably priced, $100 or less, iPhone 6 with Verizon. Contact Tanya Smith, 1632 Perry Street, Newport, Michigan, 48166. Phone 734-767-6423. A BOP Tradition. Seeking Your Feedback by Ron Brooks. Earlier this year, the ACB Board of Publications introduced a new concept for the ACB eForum. In October, the theme was Employment and Rehabilitation. December's theme is Traditions. The idea is that by concentrating content around a theme, we will be able to create a richer conversation, hear from more voices and perhaps some new writers as well. We think themed issues of the ACBE forum will be a good thing, but we want to find out whether you agree. To do that, we will be introducing two questions at the end of each ACBE forum magazine, and we are inviting readers to provide their answers to ACB editor Sharon Lovering. You will find the questions and Sharon's information below. 1. How would you rate the overall quality of this edition of the ACBE Forum? Excellent. Good. Fair. Poor. 2. List one thing we could have done that would have made this edition of the ACBE Forum better. 3. Do you have any ideas for future ACBE Forum themes? You can provide your responses to Editor Sharon Lovering by email s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at a-c-b dot org, by phone 202-467-5081. We will use your feedback to make refinements to our theme-based approach for the ACBE forum. And if you don't like themes, we'll know for next time. Thanks for reading our ACB Braille Forum and eForum magazines. You are the reason the BOP exists, and we look forward to serving you in the best way possible. ACB Officers President Kim Charlson, 3rd Term, 2019 5-7 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472 First Vice President Dan Spoon, 1st Term, 2019 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. Second Vice President, John McCann, second term, 2019, 8761 East Placita Bolivar, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell, third term, 2019, 460 Rain Tree Court, number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Treasurer David Trot, first term, 2019, 1018 East Street South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President Mitch Pomerantz, 115 Cordova Street, Number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, 
First Term, 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey Washington, First Term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, Second Term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, First Term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, Second Term, 2022. James Crott, Miami, Florida, First Term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, First Term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, Second Term, 2022. Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, First Term, 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, First Term, 2022. Ex officio, Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington. ACB Board of Publications, Ron Brooks Chair, Phoenix, Arizona, Third Term, 2019. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, Second Term, 2020. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, First Term, 2019. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, Second Term, 2020. Penny Reader, Montgomery Village, Maryland, First Term, 2020. Ex officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. Burl Colley, Lacey, Washington. Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille ready file, or by phone at 605 475 8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail, in Braille, large print, digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from www.acb.org slash bf slash.